The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. So Daniel McConnell, political editor of the Irish Examiner, who are the 4,000 public servants earning over €150,000 per annum who are about to get big pay increases? Yeah, there's about 3,700 medical consultants, Matt. There's a number of secretaries general of government departments. There's a number of, of, uh, of the members of the judiciary. And as well, there's a number of the heads of state bodies who are essentially, <clears throat> their, their salaries are linked to the salaries of secretaries general. So there's a cohort of roughly 4,000 people who are who have been earning over €150,000, uh, who have had their pay cut, who, who were subject to the, the FEMPI pay cuts, the financial emergency pay cuts back in 2009. And they're the last tranche of people to get their, their, their pay restored, essentially. Ultimately, it was set out in 2017 legislation at that point, which begun the process of, in earnest of, of restoring that pay, that the, the, their pay would be restored by July 1st, no later than July 1st of 2022. We're now at that point. Michael McGrath, the Public Expenditure Minister, did seek advice from the Attorney General as to whether or not uh, they had to move on this now or whether or not they could delay it even further. But uh, Paul Gallagher, the Attorney General, was pretty clear was that you know, the state has to essentially act with integrity. And there was a sunset clause uh, put in on this, essentially that the pay cuts were justifiable as long as there was a financial emergency. I think it, it, it can't be argued that you know the financial emergency is still in place anymore, so therefore these pay increases now have to be paid. But it is a restoration, is it, rather than a straightforward pay rise. It only brings them back, well, only being perhaps a pejorative word, but it brings them back to where they were before, is it? Yeah, that, like it is very clear that, that that is a restoration of previously held pay rates. Now, some of those people may have obviously moved up increment scales during that period of time that they were on anyway. So, uh, like, so in effect, they may be ahead of where they were pre, pre-crisis, pre um, but ultimately, you know, technically and legally, it is a restoration of pay as, as opposed to kind of another pay rise. Okay. Stay on the line. Senator Lisa Chambers of Fianna Fáil, why is the government agreeing to this? Surely new laws could have been brought in to stop these payments being made. Yeah, hi, Matt, and, and hi, Danny. Uh, well, I think Danny's explained it very well in that we've been unwinding the financial emergency measures that which implemented pay cuts for those workers back in 2009. We've been doing this for the last seven years, since 2015. Um, in 2017, we published legislation to unwind, to, to commit to a full unwinding of all pay cuts. And that was agreed by all parties, Sinn Féin and Labour included, and that included these workers that we're talking about today. So we've been seven years doing this. This is the last tranche of workers. So everybody else has had their pay cuts restored. Um, and these are the final workers to, to get their pay restored. There is a legal obligation. We are legally obliged as a, as a state, as a government uh, to uh, follow through on this legislation and to follow through on this agreement. Um, the legal advice is that if we don't do that, we could be subjected to legal proceedings that could cost the state more. So we did. the government did explore, Minister Michael McGrath did explore if potentially it could be delayed because we know we do accept that the timing of it isn't great, let's be honest about it. But, you know, they are, like every other worker, they are entitled <laughs> to have their pay restored um, and it is important to say that there is a legal onus on the state to follow through on this. And I think as well in the context of public sector pay talks that are happening at the minute, it is really important that the, the government have integrity, that they do follow through on the commitments that they make, that they honour agreements that they've entered into. And we see across the water with the UK not doing the same thing. You know, it's just not the kind of position you want a government to be in. You want to be able to say, we will do what we said we will do and we will follow through on the commitments that we've given you. And I think that it is important for a government to have integrity and to do exactly that thing. So that's, but for those reasons, um, that's why they're following through on it. And that's yeah. why it's happening on July 1st. 
their listeners say public sector heads getting pay increases while I still haven't got my pay restoration as a primary school teacher another one Emer says I'm a 32 year old teacher who graduated in 2012 I'm on a different pay scale to any of my colleagues who graduated before 2012 I'm on a lower pay scale I get no degree allowances I find it so frustrating listening to the headlines that public servants earning 150,000 or more are now getting their pay restored it's ridiculous what about all the other public sector workers who are on a much lower pay, nurses, guardie, etc struggling yeah. to meet day-to-day living costs and as for housing is totally out of reach we are still campaigning for equal pay for equal work since 2012 so what do you say to Emer? Yeah, I, mean, I can Lisa? understand Emer's frustration and that's a slightly separate issue to the unwinding of FEMPI. It is important to say that 90% of the workers that we're talking about are medical consultants working in our healthcare system. And I think people will agree we have to, you know, we have to pay people at those levels in order to attract um, the t- kind of expertise that we need. We have difficulty as it is as a state, as a country, attracting people into medical consultant posts. Um, so, you know, the majority of those having pay restoration are doctors working in the health service. So that's an important point to make. Um, but I, we know that the People are frustrated with the cost of living, with the inflationary situation that we find ourselves in. Um, but in, with regards to the unwinding of MP, as I said, this legislation was passed in 2017 with the full support of Sinn Féin, Labour and other parties. We all committed as as, a, as an Oireachtas to unwinding FEMPI um, and it is a legal obligation on the state. And I do think, and it's really important point, that I think the government have to be seen um, to be acting with integrity, to following through on agreements that they have entered into and to honouring the contract that they have okay. with these workers. They promise to unwind FEMPI and they're doing what they said they would do. Uh, Padre Fabian of Entu, according to Lisa Chambers, this is an issue of integrity. What do you say to that? Well, she said that the timing isn't great at the moment, and that might be the understatement of the year from the government. Uh, this is outrageous, and Entu fully opposed this. Uh, that Paul Reid is getting €411,000 a year pay, and now is in line for a fifty grand increase. Uh, that Robert Watts has had uh, four pay increases so far in the last year, and uh, will now get a fifth as a result of this, while at the same... That's not true. That's not true. Yeah, he won't. won't get it. Well, I'm glad, to, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear if, if that is the case. Uh, but, the, but the point of, the, of it is, is very clear in the case of Paul Reid and others. Is, and, and I mentioned the DAA, DAA CEO, for example, will be in line for a pay increase, although he is stepping down in September. But there needs to be productivity-related pay increases in terms of the top... Uh, civil servants. We can't have a situation where civil servants on massive wages, and the government have, are famous for their largesse in terms of uh, public sector top earners, that it is, but is completely divorced from their actual uh, work for the state. The health service is in a jock at the moment. We have um, the, uh, crisis. Sorry, hold on, waiting. hold on. There's two, two things there, Powder. Sorry, first of all, it, it, it's not a pay increase, though, isn't it? A pay restoration. If it, all the other public services in the country have had their pay restored to previous levels that they used to get, why should those on the top rates be discriminated against? Well, first of all, in, in practical terms, it's an increase in their wages from where they are now at the moment. And I do believe that there are two elements that are, should be involved in uh, the level of a person's salary. First of all is their key performance indicators, how well they do their job. The second is industry comparators, in other words, so that we can retain them if we need them. And what I'm saying to you here is that there are many people who are in the top 
uh, echelons of the public service uh, whose performance does not dictate that they should have a, a pay increase at the moment. You can't so, have Pat, a, are you saying that about the 3,700 hospitals? No, I'm not. So I'm not. That's No, no, and, 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 and uh, let's be clear about this. I'm saying in terms of consultants that retention is key here. So this doesn't refer to consultants because we need to retain them. We're actually 700 consultants shy currently of where we should be. But I am pointing the finger here in terms of top civil servants and public servants who are on already massive wages in terms of this. And the fact that their performance does not indicate that they should be achieving uh, those uh, pay increases. And the other point to this, and this is what your, your texters have alluded to here, is that the government takes a completely different uh, uh, attitude to people on low and middle income uh, earnings in the public sector. Indeed, the, the government are talking about a 2% increase in wages for people uh, who are on 20, 30, 40, 50,000 euros in, in the public sector. And 2% is a quarter of what the actual w rate of inflation is currently in this state. And the final point I'll make in this is that in this country, we have a larger disparity between the top decile of workers and the bottom decile of workers in the public service than most other European countries. So in other words, the people at the top decile earn multiples of people in, in the bottom decile, and that gap is far bigger, it's far more unequal than it is in European countries. And now that the government is involved in negotiating uh, pay with the yeah, public okay. service, I would urge them at this moment in time that they should sit down uh, with the top earners at this stage and start to inject some level of productivity-related pay into their salaries. So that if everybody else is listening to your particular show at the moment, their wages are determined by the fact that they're performing in their, in their jobs. And yet, people are earning nearly half a million euros in this country. There's no productivity-related element at all. Okay, well, Lisa Chambers, respond to all of that. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to respond to all of that. I mean, I think, you know, um, Pather's position on lots of issues is, seems to be just one of outrage generally on, on many things. Um, I think it's quite incredible, actually, to suggest that we need KPIs uh, or that there's a suggestion that the workers that we're talking about today are somehow not meeting their performance indicators or not doing their job properly. But yet for the 3,700 medical consultants, he said it doesn't apply to them. That's 90% of the workers we're talking about. So we're, are we talking about the final 300? I don't think any one of us is in a position to assess any individual worker in that group of workers today and cast dispersions across um, the work that they're doing. I think it's a really, I would actually suggest that should be retracted because it's just an incredible thing to suggest live on air. Um, and it's not a pay increase. It is pay restoration. It doesn't matter what way you spin it, Pather. That's the facts of it. So you, you're not entitled to your own facts on this. Um, and suggesting for a second um, that people that are included in this bracket are somehow not deserving of their wages or deserving of their salaries. This is a, is a restoration of pay that they already had but it was taken off them during the financial emergency and we're now restoring it. The party that you were a member of previously, Sinn Féin, back in 2017, agreed to this yeah, and actually agreed to the legislation. Anymore, so and that's sure fine. That's, that's quite, that, I mean, that's quite convenient. But the party that he was a member of fully agreed to it, as did other parties as well. well so, you know, I think we have to accept that we are... Just, just to finish on this point, mm. um, you know, this was an agreement by the government on behalf of the state with a lot of workers, not just the 4,000 that we're talking to today, that when we exit the financial emergency, that we would restore people's pay. See, we Lisa, have an obligation Lisa, to, to live up to that okay. and to honour that You said all that. Yeah, but you also made promises that, for example, and a lot of listeners are texting in to say that the universal social charge, the additional tax, was also a temporary measure. And you haven't reversed that. 
Yeah, no, people are correct. And it's, it's slightly separate to people's salaries and their wages and the contract employment that they have with the state. It's, it's very so we, pertinent to their take-home pay, whether they're in the public course. or private sector. And I fully accept that. And, I, and I'll be honest, I, I really don't see the USC going anywhere anytime soon. But I do think there's a particular um, relationship between the state as an employer and its employees. Okay. When there is an employment contract there and an agreement in terms of salary and take-home pay, it is important that that's followed through. Okay, and particularly now when we think about public sector McConnell. pay talks, we have to act with integrity as a state on that front. Last brief last word to you, Powder, before I go back to that. Yeah, just just like you know, this is a fundamental issue with the top levels of the public service. We cannot divorce uh, their salaries from their performance, and the performance in the health service currently: eight thousand six hundred people in trolleys in May. Uh, Matter Hospital and Mullingar Hospital uh, A&Es telling people not to come near them because they're they're too busy at the moment. People waiting 24 hours uh, in Tala Hospital for in accidents and emergency. You know the, the idea that people on 400 and 11,000 people should be immune from performance-related uh, pay analysis while everybody else in the country has their wages determined exactly on that fact is absolutely wrong. Okay, Daniel McConnell, thank you very much, Patrick, for being in Lisa Chambers, but I'm going to finish with a couple of things to you, Daniel McConnell. A listener here says, I'm a medical consultant on a post-2012 contract. This restoration for those on pre-2012 contracts actually increases the pay disparity between me and my colleagues who do the same work as I do. Your speaker said it will help retain consultants. It does not help morale for me or my post-2012 consultants. And this is an interesting point, Daniel, because... There's a major crisis at the moment in retaining consultants and finding new ones to fill vacancies. So how is this going to help? Yeah, it's going to be quite difficult. And it's not limited to the consultant area. It's also relevant in the teacher sector where there's essentially a two-tier system put in place uh, at the time of the financial crash. And ultimately what you now have is this disparity opening up. Uh, and all it does is basically means is that you've got, you know, kind of what they determine as yellow pack kind of contracts compared to their, their predecessors. And ultimately, it has been the massive bugbear, both particularly with the teacher unions, but also within the medical profession. And we know outside of Dublin and outside of Galway and Cork, there's a real difficulty in retaining top level um, uh, consultants uh, and experts in their role because they don't want, they don't see it as, like, say, going to like the Waterford or elsewhere as, as attractive. As attractive, so this is going to be a real difficulty for the government, and this this kind of pay disparity that's widening is only going to make matters worse. Yeah, and how's it going to feed into the public sector pay talks? Do you think? Well, I mean, Michael McGrath is already struggling to kind of get that particular deal, which is only supposed to be a kind of an extension to the existing deal over the line anyway. So I certainly think it, it, it's likely to give, uh, certainly give ammunition to to the unions in, in terms of like the the, the, the lower tier or the, the sort of the, 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 the newer entrants in terms of the, the, their prospects and their. Uh, as well terms and conditions. But Mike McGrath, you know, is in a difficult position here. He now, you know, needs to kind of get a public sector pay deal over the line before the end of the year. Otherwise, we're facing into kind of a period of industrial strife, which is not in anybody's interest, given where the country is likely to be fighting itself because there is that threat okay. of re- recession coming down the line. So it's a very tricky situation. But I think, as one minister put it to me earlier on, Matt, they needed this particular um, headache like, like a hole in the head. And, but yet the, the, there seems to be very little they can do about it. Daniel McConnell, political editor of the Irish Examiner. Thank you. The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.